Today is Saturday, November 26, 2022, and this is the Black Friday Cyber Monday Blitz for Talk Commerce. Today we interview Gaurav Baid. Gaurav is with Avatar. Avatar's sector agnostic platform enables scalable product discovery, giving brands and stores the opportunity to change the way consumers discover and engage with their products online. Avatar's use of AR technology brings spatial depth to the on-screen buying browsing experience, delivering lifelike photorealism, mobile responsiveness, interactivity, and personalization. Key influences reshaping the digital commerce industry today. Gaurav Bade is the CPO and co-founder of Avatar. Gaurav has set out to deliver meaningful and delightful enhancements to visual experiences by deploying 3D computer vision and AI technical advancement of Avatar's proprietary platform. Have you been enjoying your free jokes on these podcasts? Well, let me just tell you that the jokes aren't free. They take time and effort to come up with them. Please go to wherever you download your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, and rate and review this episode. It will help so much to increase the awareness of talk commerce. Again, wherever you download your podcast, please rate and review it. Thank you. Talk Commerce is sponsored by Haifa, or as the Europeans say, Hufa, or the right way to say it. Hufa is rapidly becoming the biggest Magento front end after Luma. For those who don't know it, Luma is the basic theme that comes with Magento and it is giantly slow. If you're looking for a template-based front end with the fastest loading times in the e-commerce industry while saving costs on development time and hosting infrastructure, Hufa is your best option. Everybody loves a fast site, including Google. Improve your Google ranking and conversion rates and make your customers happy. Learn more at hyva.io. That's hyva.io. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Today I have Garoff Bade. He is the co-founder and chief product officer for Avatar. Gaurav, go ahead, do an introduction for yourself much better than I did. Tell us your day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life. Sure, Brent. Uh, first of all, it's my pleasure to be part of your show. And thank you for having me over here. As a quick backdrop on me, as you rightly mentioned, I'm one of the founders at Avatar and I play the role of chief product officer, which makes me the product thinker into in the day-to-day operations at Avatar. Uh, what I'm personally focused on at Aftar as we are entering into this new phase of our life cycle is utilizing the repeatable PMF mode that we have built with our partners to deliver higher ROI outcomes for our sellers as well as a delightful visual discovery for the end consumer. And that kind of flows in from our vision where we started Aftar Print to bringing spatial depth to visual discovery experiences. One that practically means is that we are in the process of upgrading all existing 2D touch points that a brand has with its consumers in the form of images or videos uh, to life-size interactive 3D content. Wow, that's that's cool. All right, so before we jump into the topic, which I'm very excited about, I'm going to do my free joke project. I'm going to tell you a joke. And all I ask is that you tell me if you feel the joke is free or if I could charge for it in the future. All right, ready? 
What's an Please astronaut's? Say. All right, ready? Here we go. Uh, I, I'll, I'm going to edit that one out. Here we're going to we're going to okay. start over. Here we go. <laughs> sure. Why? Why did the worker get fired from the keyboard factory? He kept missing his shifts. <laughs> I think you can charge for it, Brent. Excellent. Thank you that so much. Thanks. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thanks for playing along. All right. So the more important topic today, 3D AR. I'm very excited about this. Tell us a little bit about why merchants should think about moving from 2D to 3D. Well, uh, if I could first touch upon a more obvious fact, Brent, which is mostly overlooked, is that we all live in a 3D world. Uh, we it's about 3D objects around us, but somehow the digital consumption of that visual content has been limited to 2D screens, like the laptop or the mobile devices that we use. So the need for 3D or spatial depth has always been there because we as humans have been lacking that in our digital conversations. So that's where our journey started. That's what we wanted to bring to the end consumer because 60% of human sensory perception is visual. Audio, which is on the other hand, just to draw a parallel for the viewers today, uh, audio is just about 20% of the sensory perception, but has had the benefit of spatial depth for over decades uh, with the benefit of technologies like surround sound, noise cancellation. Uh, similarly, on the visual side, uh, 3D and AR is what we are trying to bridge that gap with in terms of bringing that benefit uh, to the end consumer. Now, AR more specifically in this journey started uh, as a more top funnel engagement where it was to create awareness, to create buzz and to engage people and then kind of transpired into the bottom funnel or the conversion stage for the merchants where today when you see it's adding almost close to twice the conversion level for a merchant. So what their merchants used to achieve in terms of their conversion from the traffic with 2D content, 3D is able to deliver twice of it. So uh, you let me know how you would like me to double-click on it, and I'm happy to do so. Yeah, I think one thing to remember um, or look at or examine is that 3D was really popular in the TV world, right? And it never really took off. But I think what we're seeing is that in the visual world online, there's more importance placed on that 3D look Give us an idea of what a, what a merchant could experience more on 3D versus 2D. So uh, an online merchant print today is being very limited by the modes that with which they are selling to the end consumer. Now, if you look at the even the history of e-commerce, right? e-commerce has been there for over two decades. But today, the penetration of e-commerce is a meager 11.8% globally. That kind of stems from uh, few facts which an online commerce today is not able to solve as a via physical one. You know, and there are three different aspects to it. One being touch and feel of the product, which a consumer gets when they can walk into a physical store. Uh, second being the look of the product as to how will this look, uh, how will this product look into my space or in the context when I were to put them on. Third being fit of the product as to how will it fit either myself when I'm using it or in the, again, the space that I want to place it. With 3D and AR, what merchant gets for their end consumers is the upside of providing look and fit in the context that they want. So I can either place the product in my environment, like I can, if I'm buying a couch, I can place it in my living space and I 
see how it looks and goes with the decor of the room if the color fits with other objects which i have as well as the fit in terms of if the dimensions are fitting within the space i have will it come through the narrow hallway i have and things like those so as a merchant what they're providing to the end consumer is that look and fit solution today using 3d and ar which has been kind of limiting the online conversions for decades to and I, I think another difference, too, uh, is, number one, interactivity. So when we're talking about the virtual reality portion of it, you don't have to have any special equipment. It does help to have a if – if you were to have a headset, you could walk around and see how it looks, but you could experience something on your phone or on your computer in a, in a way that where it seems like you're walk, walking through a video, right? No, absolutely, and – uh, yes, a virtual headset or a mixed reality headset does help. But Brent, we have always been a core follower of the principle that we have to make it scalable. And today that hardware part is not scalable. Uh, everyone have a mobile device in their hands, but not everyone have a virtual headset in their home to use it. So where we look at solving the problem is making it accessible to everyone. Uh, today, just for your context, there are 3.5 billion devices globally which have uh, AR capability to bring to the end consumer, and that's what we are targeting. That's what we want to bring to the uh, to every consumer in their hands. Uh, and the idea is to make it easy while they experience it, not to make it too problematic in terms of getting to an experience, in terms of even initiating it. So in terms of the different touch points that we provide across the user funnel, the different places where on the product pages a merchant can today activate a 3 dr experience. That has been our focus in terms of solving that pain point for the consumer. And that's what we are bringing forth. Um, you mentioned earlier visual discovery. Walk us through how important that is nowadays compared to how somebody would discover a product in the past on a website. So, uh, in the post-pandemic world, what has happened is that people have been spending more time online. Uh, so that's where the need of the online space to solve for visual discovery has only increased multifolds. It was always there to start with. As I said, that was the need uh, which kind of drove uh, this. But in the post-pandemic world, because of the time that a consumer spends online in trying to make a purchase decision, the need for accurate description, accurate uh, visuals to be provided for them to make an informed purchase decision has only increased. That's where we are trying to solve it by providing a life-size 3D version of the product so that you can use it. Uh, with AR, you can place it in the context that you are in. Uh, you can look at dimensions. As you rightly mentioned, you can interact with the product, like change colors or compare two different products side by side uh, to understand which one might be a better fit for you bring together multiple products to make an entire look and see how the decor will go and do various stuff. So that impulse of the visual discovery that's being driven is, has been helping the consumers a lot. And that's where 3D and AR have been able to deliver their impact uh, in recent times for the end consumers as well as the merchants. And from a, um, um, from a product standpoint, it's not just furniture. There's all kinds of potential solutions and for, and problems that this is solving. Um, what are some of the verticals that you see big that big gains on, and what are some that are, are really looking for a good solution like 3D AR? 
that's a very important question then uh, so yes there are certain sectors which have been early adopters of ar in terms of the conversion stage furniture of course being one but overall if you were to look at home and home improvement segments have been the biggest benefactors of 3d and ar that includes furniture durables electronics uh, computer and audio sports and equipment even kitchen to a large extent uh, these have been the segments which have seen uh, 3d and ar delivering conversion uplift already and sometimes in the tune of 100 to 200% uplift as well and uh, that has been the impact of 3d and ar now but there has been an, uh, as you see the advent and the progress of 3d and ar that has uh, been penetrating into other sectors as well as as a technology it has been there to serve all segments uh, in terms of consumer adoption is what we are seeing that inflection also happening so beyond the ones which had already proven their worth in the past uh, this year specifically we have seen uh, categories like accessories footwear jewelry uh, even fashion to a large extent uh, kind of picking up 3d and ar and seeing the benefit from it uh, these are the early stages uh, where we are seeing great traction and great uplift and which will only get added on as we go along in the journey and i guess if you will look back at some of the basic things that happened in the past if you think about buying a car you can change the color of the car that's that's just a basic almost a 2d version of it we're talking about more of an interactive experience where you could walk you could see through the living room you could see how something is placed you could walk around it um I even saw a demonstration uh, last week of of a uh, a virtual with the phone uh, with the phone uh, camera where it overlaid the products in the actual room you were in. Uh, so tell us about how that technology is advancing and some of the fun things we're going to see other than just being a, uploading a picture and and putting your product in that picture. Absolutely. Uh- to start of just adding on to the example of car that you mentioned right even today using ar you can not only see the car drop it let's say a life size version of it in your backyard to see how it looks sitting in your garage but more so interact uh, with it in terms of understanding various features like open up the hood and see how the engine is in- inside it hear the sound of it uh, or sit inside on the driving seat or uh, on the passenger seat and look at how the interiors have been built uh, see all the finishing or even the uh, the play the audio play instrument in, inside and how that cluster looks and everything so there have been such benefits even for a heavily physically driven segment like automobiles where 3d and ar has been able to deliver benefits for the end consumer but as we are uh, expanding on this you know as more and more people come into the funnel of 3d and ar uh, as we see the evolution happening what we see is the contextual contextuality going getting stronger from an end consumer perspective now this is what the journey of 2d was also if you were to reflect back on it where personalization came recommendations came where today a 2d uh, product journey can give you a lot more information about what will go well with what you are looking at what could be the be- better replacements for it and understanding your past purchase behavior give you such recommendations similar context 3d will also play out uh especially in ca- in the camera space when you look at ar because now you are you're peeping into consumers world once you have that context giving them recommendation of what basis what they have currently in this space 
in along with what they have what their past purchases have been it would be much more impactful to deliver uh, suggestions to the end consumer in terms of the context they are in so we see that user uh, benefit also panning out in terms of how 3d and ar could be used I want to just unpack a little bit that past purchase behavior and explain how somebody could bring somebody back to their site knowing they've purchased or they're looking at a product and maybe if they've only seen it in the 2D version, how can a merchant get that customer back and give them a better experience knowing they're looking at something? Absolutely. So uh, 3D and AR is not always about a virtual product, right? When you look at the post-funnel engagement for a brand, uh, what they can also do is that using the actual physical product, which let's say the consumer owns now and they possess and have been delivered to them, using that physical product also, they can start a new journey altogether uh, where they can drive consumers back into the funnel. So let's say if I continue with the example of the car itself, right? As a user or as the buyer, if I'm looking at my car, an AR experience can today tell me what kind of accessories could go well along with it, the kind of additions that I can make to the car. If I talk about, let's say, a fashion purchase, it can tell me what other apparels or what other accessories will go well to complete this look. If I talk about furniture, it can tell me for the couch that I just bought, what kind of a rug or a center table or a side chair will go very well with it uh, to make the look even more uh, appealing in my context. So that's where AR has been helping in term, helping the merchants in terms of starting a new journey altogether for the consumer, kind of cross-selling or upselling in the process and bringing them back into the funnel where the whole process starts again and the, thereby the benefits again accrue to the merchants as well as the consumers. Uh, do you see an advantage in collaborative shopping? So I, I know it's popular now to have a co-shopper, but it's also popular now to shop with somebody else uh, where you can uh, have two people sort of experiencing that same thing but in separate places. Tell us a little bit about how that could play into 3D AR. That would be a very powerful one, especially in the context of the metaverse era as we all are in. Uh, where social shared experiences will sort of become a norm. Uh, what you will see is that if, as a consumer, I'm given the option that with, if I'm buying something for my home and if I could share it with my family or with my partner and together we can look at it, make a decision, that is always what people need. Today that is being served by sharing the product images or the links to your family members uh, in terms of getting their opinion. But the impact of all of you experiencing the same thing from different location at the same time just may, takes the engagement to the next level. Uh, again, like continuing on the previous example, if it was about buying a car, right? So think of it that two different members of a family sitting in two different cities could actually log in into this uh, one virtual showroom and see that the same car at the same time, decide on different color combinations and the accessories that they want to put on and complete the purchase there, there itself. So that's the kind of power shared social experiences bring to the context uh, where as we go more into the realms of the Web 3.0 era, where Metaverse, as we see the way it's panning out, more people shopping together, the collaborativeness of it is only going to add more to the value of 3D and AR. 
Um, I want to just kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about your journey and why, what prompted you to, to co-found this company and, and tell us a little bit of, uh, about, about your company. Sure. Uh, for me personally, uh, it has been over a decade in consumer tech space, a fair share of it, uh, spent at Aftar building and winning with our deep tech platform. Uh, we started Aftar and, uh, this, uh, we, I mean, by we, I mean, me and Shavant, we are the two co-founders of Aftar. We, uh, we were both together prior to this, uh, working as investment bankers covering consumer tech space. Uh, so uh, it was the journey into the tech domain, uh, which kind of prompted it. For Shavant, it has been much longer than me because he is uh, a techie by background. Uh, I'm more of a product guy coming into this space. Uh, but the journey kind of triggered from the point where we realized that disconnect in terms of how the visual discovery experiences are as I was kind of alluding to earlier, that because we all live in 3D world, but we are not able to experience stuff in 3D on the digital platforms, that is the power, or that is the need that we wanted to serve, uh, to bring that power in the hands of consumers, to give them the benefit of how even our virtual experiences or digital experiences should be in comparison to the physical ones. Uh, that kind of prompted us to get onto this journey. It's been great seven years for us now. And getting into the eighth year uh, as we speak and kind of bringing the value for everyone in the ecosystem. And and tell us some of the platforms that you're on. I think you had mentioned BigCommerce and Shopify. Are those your two main targets that you're doing? Yeah, yes, uh, we are live on Shopify and BigCommerce today. Uh, but similar to those, other e-commerce enablement platforms also are in the roadmap. So over the course of Q4 and Q1 next year, you will see Aptar uh, being live on other platforms. It it exists as an out-of-the-box integration today, just like a single-click app. Any merchant can go uh, integrate Aptar to their existing e-store, and then uh, we take care of all the uh, stuff in an automated manner. So we provide 2D to 3D content creation in an automated manner, which is where our nerve tech comes in. Uh, which is the neural radiance fields, uh, which allows you to take a quick video of a product and kind of convert it into life-size 3D in a matter of minutes with no manual intervention. And as well as on the uh, experience side, go, a merchant could go live on their product pages using our tech again in a matter of click. So that's how easy we have been focused towards making it as a self-serve tool uh, for our partners. And in that journey, we'll continue to bring more ecosystems uh, for our merchants. Um, has it been a challenge for you being a non-techie, or are you relying on your partner to do the tech part and you're doing the product part? Well, uh, when you have been in this journey for seven-plus years, Brent, it's like I personally feel I've done a double PhD in the topic. So, I mean, it, it all depends on the number of hours you spend on a particular problem. For us, uh, for both of us, it has been a very uh, insightful journey, a meaningful one in terms of the learning experiences that we have gathered and the kind of uh, impact, the kind of impact that we can bring to the ecosystem. Uh, to start off, I never felt that issue. Of course, being a non-techie, coming into the space, you are obviously worried. But I have been uh, kind of associated with this space for a long time. And 
it's just that i'm not an not an engineer by degree but i do understand uh, coding and i have been coding myself so that has been kind of only added on to my experience during after so you're a coding investment banker <laughs> makes yourself quite it. unique <laughs> Um, so I, I just want to talk a little bit more about um, some challenges as an entrepreneur, as a startup. Do you find it more challenging to build the team and maintain the team or build your product and maintain the product? Like human versus oh, that, product. That's a, that's a very difficult one, Trent. Uh, <laughs> believe me, both have kind of challenge, challenged us over the journey at Afta, and there's not an easy answer. But if I have to pick one, uh just out of my own experience my own journey building the team is always the most critical part uh, i won't say it's more difficult than building the product but from the lens I, if i were to reflect on the journey today if you get the team right the product will come together in the right shape so if you can have the right folks with the right passion and the right uh persistence and the mindset to solve the problem that you are at you would be able to solve that problem no matter what so i feel that's more important more critical in the journey for the success of an uh, of a startup if you get the team right that's always more beneficial uh, product will come through you sometimes have to iterate through it and most of the times your early releases are something that you that you you know would be embarrassed about reflecting back on it uh, but that's part of the journey we shouldn't worry about that if product is taking its time as long as you have the right team to back it I'm going to ask you one more entrepreneur question, then we'll get back to um, 3D AR. Do you feel, is there anything that you could give advice to on a new upstart company or a new startup to, to sort of when you start building that magic team? Is there anything that you found that you've had success with for building that team and maintaining that team over time? Finding people who align with the values and culture that you have has been the the key principle for success for us uh, if you can find people who can align with the way you want to build a product the way and you want to solve a problem for the world the way you want to bring value to the ecosystem that's where you will hit a jackpot because uh, that's where you will be able to find the strength also in your journey and there would be uh, there would be phases in that journey where you need a lot of persistence to pass through that and there those are the scenarios where you look back at your team and need that support so finding that commonality between the team is the key principle that i would say is, has been true for our success at apta um and as the as the leader do you find do you have an do you have an outlook that the team supports you or you support the team but i think we all support the product and the platform that we are building uh it's never a one way street or anything like that if i were to say so uh, it's all of us we uh, i mean there's a old saying and i i being a, a sports enthusiast myself you know it's always about putting the team before yourself and when i say the team it's about the team that you're playing for for us that's afta uh, we all are playing for aftar over here Uh, so we always keep aftar before ourselves at an individual level or even at a group level or, uh, as a members of the team so as long as that part is clear uh, the decision making is always easy so you don't have to 
think about whether we are doing it for ourselves or for a group of members in the team. As long as you are doing it for Aftar, everything else kind of makes sense and falls into place. Thanks, thanks for those, uh, and thanks for sharing some of your entrepreneurial journey stories. That I think people are always interested in that. Um, all right, so as we go into this next quarter, we're going into Black Friday, um, uh, Cyber Monday, and then we're going to go into next year. Is there anything that any nuggets or some kind of uh, great advice you could give people as as they're going into these busy times, and then as they're as they get through the holidays, what would you tell tell a merchant? Sure. Uh, first thing that I like to kind of stress upon is that world has evolved a lot in recent times. You know, over the past two years, it's, it has not the same. Even if I were to reflect two quarters back, it has changed a lot. So consumer behavior today has to be looked through a new lens. Uh, Merchants, uh, sellers have always been looking at solving consumer problems through a customer-centric approach by delivering performance. Today, they have to look at a life-centric approach. So even when we go into this holiday season, I think what will really be the uh, differentiator for any brand is how well they can they deliver an experience to the consumer. How that experience adds value to the life of the consumers is what people are looking at rather than just at the performance of the product that they are buying. So this is where we feel that businesses need to hold the hand of the consumer in terms of guiding them, in terms of helping them make a make the right decision for themselves. Because the power eventually is in the hands of consumer. As we all say, consumer is the king. We have always believed in that. Uh, that's why we always start with consumer first and then come backwards in terms of solving that problem. So today, giving that power in the hands of consumers uh, giving them the choice to make the right decision for themselves by providing all the uh, relevant information and creating that experience for them is what I would say would make the real difference in the uh, in the phase as we are stepping into it and also for the longer piece because I think the consumer behavior has evolved over the last two years. Um, Garav, as we close out the podcast, I give every guest the opportunity to do a shameless plug. What would you like to plug today? Well, uh, we, as I mentioned, we are live on Shopify and BigCommerce right now, and we are currently running a uh, great offer for merchants to come on board as part of the early access sign-up. So there are free experiences which they get, free transactions that they can power through a platform. So would love if many of your listeners today could come experience Aftar on Shopify or BigCommerce where we are already live. Uh, try it out. It's, there's no upfront cost involved, and we believe in a, uh, we believe in delivering value first, and then only kind of charging for it. So they'll get to experience 3D and AR firsthand, and tell us about their views. Perfect, and I'll, I'll put all these links on the show notes so people can click through to your site and 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 do a sign up. Uh, Garav Bade, co-founder of Avatar Me. Did I say it right? Avatar me, A V A T E E R dot M E. Is that correct? Uh, sure. Uh, the users can find it on avatar dot AI. So that perfect. Uh, as you rightly said, avatar A V A T double A R dot AI is where they can find it. And in Shopify and BigCommerce, they can just look up avatar and uh, it will show up. Perfect. Uh, Guav, thank thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate the insights. 
It was all my pleasure, Brent, and thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.